In the following live session recording, Bill Hegedus, family pastor of Bethlehem Church in Bethlehem, Georgia, talks about sharing the gospel with kids. Children sometimes have misconceptions about salvation, what it means to be a Christian, and how to become a Christian. In this session, you'll learn some great ways to have conversations with children that will lead them to Christ. Let's join Bill now. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you guys are here. Again, my name is Bill uh, Hegedus. Uh, I am the family pastor of Bethlehem Church, which is in Bethlehem, Georgia. It's a very, very small church, or a small, not a small church, but a small town. Uh, you blink and you literally could miss it. So uh, yeah, we're, our church is actually on Christmas Ave. So, and uh, another cross street would be Star Street. You know, and they have Manger Way, you know. Actually, it's funny because a lot of people actually come to our town, like, during Christmas time. Like, you, we all, like, anybody that's local will be like, don't go to the post office at Christmas time. Because a lot of people come to mail their, their Christmas cards from our post office. So it has that little stamp that says, from Bethlehem. And they've got, like, this little cool little star that goes with it, you know. So it's a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, so I serve at a church in a... Uh, been there for four years. Pastor Jason Britt is our senior pastor, and he's been there for about eight years, and he's been part of a revitalization program with the church. Um, it's very interesting, kind of like how everything kind of um, came full circle. But one of the things that we wanted to do was we wanted to make sure that we went uh, and really were strategic about uh, really partnering with families. Uh, making sure the next generation do the importance of having a relationship with Christ. That's really what we put a lot of our focus on. So let me ask you this. Uh, everybody in here, you guys all work with, uh, who, who in here works with preschoolers? Anybody work with preschoolers? Okay. Awesome. Great. All right. How about uh, in elementary, elementary age? Anybody here work with middle schoolers? Nice. See, that'll, that'll, that'll definitely, uh, you know, that, that puts you in good graces there, you know. But uh, so it's really it's really a lot of fun, and what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about a way that you, we can present the gospel in a nice, clear way that any age group can kind of grasp. Uh, and the reason why it's so important when we talk about uh, the gospel is because we all understand. And I'm sure everybody's heard this statistic before: is that uh, you know 70% of all decisions to follow Christ happen before the age of 18. You know, um, and actually out of that 70%, I believe it's like around 46 that happened before the age of 13. Now, the reason why this is kind of important is because a child's worldview actually is 90% of it is developed by the age of 10. The, the Barna Institute just uh, uh, did a survey on Gen Z, and it was really, really fascinating. It's really kind of amazing. Um, had all these different statistics because they had surveyed kids from elementary school all the way up through high school um, and asked them a lot of different questions. And it turned out that less than 6% of kids in this generation have a biblical worldview, a full biblical worldview. And uh, out of that, it showed that 61% of them believed in the Bible but didn't believe it being the inerrant word of God. So there's a lot of things that uh, uh, I think that we want to do is when we're sharing the gospel, making sure we're sharing it from a place of truth because kids today, they have it completely different than we did growing up. 
the toughest transition now in a kid's life, actually the, the most difficult transition in a kid's life is when they go from fifth grade into sixth grade. That is the absolute most difficult, the most, and it's causing the most emotional uh, issues in kids' lives. Uh, it's producing a tremendous amount of anxiety because kids, they're at, at this age where they're, they're trying to verbalize what's going on inside of them, but they can't process it. So it comes out in so many different ways. And I'm sure we've all had kids in our areas where, you know, either burst of anger or, 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 or shutting down, you know, comes out because they just don't know how to verbalize what they're feeling inside. Because um, they went from fifth grade when, when, you know, they were still watching Disney Channel, SpongeBob SquarePants, you know, and in the span of eight weeks from the time that they graduate fifth grade to the time that they walk into middle school, Okay, it's a span of eight weeks. Then they're exposed to kids walking down the halls, speaking all sorts of uh, foul language. Uh, they're around eighth graders that are sharing stories that these sixth graders don't even need to be hearing. And so they're processing a lot of this. And the issue with that is nowadays when kids want information and they're, they're curious about something, where do you think that they go? Google. Google. Yeah. Siri, yeah, because it's it, rather than their parents, you know, one of the things that we try to equip a lot of our parents is, you know, we want them to have relationships in their kids' lives to be able to be like, okay, um, my kid knows that they can come to me about anything and I will give them the 100% absolute truth, you know, no matter what the topic is, because topics are getting crazier and crazier with kids and kids can pick up, especially how they're maturing faster they can pick up on whether this is something that you would be comfortable talking about. And a lot of parents don't even know how to share the gospel with their kids, how to share faith. And they're put in the place where they're to be the spiritual leaders. So what I'm gonna share with you today is a, is a way that we can, we can speak the gospel to kids in our ministries, but there's gonna be a part of this that's gonna be very interesting, it's gonna be a little bit different, and that's how we get parents involved. So. The first thing I want to I want to share, okay, when we talk about keys to a kid-friendly gospel presentation, make it understandable. That is really really huge. Okay, um, we have to avoid using big terms. If we use a bigger term, we need to explain it. Okay, um, a lot of times uh, uh, when we talk about gospel presentation, we'll mention the word sin, and we'll just assume that everybody knows what sin is. So we, I use sin a lot in our gospel presentation that we do, but when I first talk about it, I always mention what it is. You know, it's a simple, small word, but just so that somebody can wrap their mind around what really is sin. And then I also avoid using words that are more poetic, you know? Um, so uh, saying terms like uh, asking Jesus into your heart, okay? Well, in, to, in a kid's mind, they may picture somebody like actually coming to live inside of their, you know, inside them, you know? Yeah. Uh, what does that mean? Is that like, you know, is like a spirit? Am I gonna be possessed? What, what, what does this mean? Like a lot of things <laughs> run through their mind because again, they're exposed to a lot of different things. Other things that you wouldn't wanna do is definitely, you wouldn't wanna say, you know, the blood of Jesus washes your sins away. For a first grader or a second grader, that can be really scary because they're like, well, what's gonna happen? You know, what does that, what does that mean? Um, yes, it's a true statement, but it's, it's more poetic and sim symbolic in nature than, and kids think in a concrete way. 
not an abstract way. So we want to make sure that we use statements that wouldn't be scary for kids to hear it for the first time, you know, um, which, is, which is really important because when you think about the steps to faith in a kid, the first, uh, I think, what it comes to, and just in anybody's life, actually, is first you need to understand it. Because if you can understand the gospel, you can understand it, you can comprehend it, that means that you can own it. Owning it is a huge piece. That's like the hinge on the door because that goes from something, okay, now I understand it, now I'm making the choice. The choice is now made. This is my choice. I choose to accept that. I own it, okay? That's very personal to them because once they own that and they've made that choice, that gets them to the next step, which is, which is really uh, super important, uh, what that, sorry, um, is living it out. You can't, get, you can't uh, move any of these steps. Um, it won't work. You can't start with owning it if you don't understand it. You can't live it out if you don't understand it. So it's very important. Everything hinges on presenting it in a way that kids can really understand it. Now, we're going to do something really cool. So the first half of this is going to be, I'm going to give you some information, and then we're going to put it into action. So you're actually going to see a gospel demonstration. Some of you guys are actually going to participate in this. Yes, absolutely get to participate in this, which is awesome. Um, so next step is make it relatable. Use simple stories. Parables. Christ spoke, in, or Jesus spoke in parables all the time. And it was a great way of explaining heavenly truths, like in an, in an earthly way. Uh, he used a lot of stories. And it, when you use stories, especially from a kid's point of view, because remember, you want to go down to the kid's level, not try to bring the kid up to your level. So it has to be very relatable. It has to be something that, that enters their world. Because kids are not... Uh, retrospective learners like what we are uh, they're experiential learners uh, so they learn they you know like uh, it's more so like if I tell a child and say you know like I remember when I was four years old I touched the stove it was hot blah blah you know like you know like and, and talk about that well they're they're more apt to learn by touching the stove if you ever noticed that that they you know that they're very much experiential learners rather than retrospective you never have a kid go well, I remember when I was four and I was in the playpen, you know, and trying to like, you know, share with their friends from a retrospective, uh, retrospective point of view. Um, this one is really, really <coughs> important and that is avoid over explaining. A lot of times we can over explain and we can get into all different kinds of um, uh, truths and theology when it comes to kids. But sometimes by over-explaining, you can lose them. So you can, you can explain a lot of things that, that, are, that are accurate, but uh, it doesn't it's not necessarily applicable at the time. So remember, all, 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 the, um, all the Word of God is, is perfect, it's correct, it's, it's, it's great for, for instruction, but it's not always applicable at every age, okay? So certain things, you know, different truths. I mean, there's different truths that we learn every Sunday. I mean, you know, you could hear the same story and then have the pastor be uh, illustrating it from a different point. You're like, oh yeah, I never even thought about it that way. It's just, that's really amazing, you know? 
So there's constantly ways that the scripture is being brought to life. Uh, but sometimes if you over explain it, you could turn it into a theology class. And when I was uh, at, in, uh, at uh, like in the seminary, but uh, we're like Bible Institute, our theology teacher was uh, Charles Ryrie. So, and uh, great man, knew everything. But he, he sat down and when he started to explain theology, I couldn't, I had a hard time staying awake. You know, uh, so it can be it can be uh, you know a lot for a kid when you start to overexplain it. Now, on the flip side of that, it's also important that you be thorough. And when I say thorough, it's meaning that you don't shortchange it. When sharing the gospel, we want to we uh, don't necessarily just want to focus on the death and resurrection. Because sometimes that would be like, okay, when we share the gospel, we're sharing about the, the, the death and resurrection of Christ. But if you miss the starting point, and the starting point happens, just out of curiosity, what do you think the starting point of the gospel happens? Anybody know? Jesus. Starting point of the gospel. It's, it's good. It's good. Mary got pregnant? No. In the beginning. In the beginning. Adam and Eve in the garden. Because why did Christ have to come in the first place? Because sin entered the world. So, I always include in my gospel presentation the story of Adam and Eve. A short version, but, you know, very much, you know, like, okay, this is what it's about. And why it had to happen. Because there's the why, you know, then there's what God did. And we're going to go over all that. So just being thorough. So um, that's why it's important to share that story, especially when it comes to kids. Next one's uh, really good, too. When working with kids, I'm sure if you've ever taught kids, greatest thing that you can use is visual aids and props. Visual aids and props. It helps bring it to life because kids are visual learners. It also helps draw and keep their attention. Because when it comes to presenting the gospel, you want to help to also make it not something that's just um, where they're just sitting and listening, but they also kind of get to participate. You ask some questions, you, you do some back and forth. You, you give them opportunity to be part of the conversation. So use visual aids and props. Now here's the other piece that's super, super important. And that is using scripture. Using scripture. The importance of using scripture is because you always want to point back to your source of truth. Where are you getting this information? I get this information from the Bible. God's love letter to us. This is this it, this is everything I know to be true, you know. And this is the good news of the gospel, you know. So I want to be able to share that, and I want to be able to point them where I'm getting my information from. So using scripture. The next one is inviting parents to be part of the process. Here's why you do it. Parents actually know their kids better than anybody else. They know their level of comprehension. Um, anybody here ever have a parent, another parent come to you and try to tell you how to parent your child because they think that they, you know, they understand your child better than you? Kind of never goes, that doesn't go over very well. No. And here's the thing is when it comes to, you know, when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to salvation, you know, um, parents understand their kids' comprehension level way better than we ever were. And not only that, they're charged with being the spiritual leader of their home. 
The third part about that that I absolutely think that we cannot miss is we know that this is the most important decision a child can make spiritually, okay, in their life. Why wouldn't we want parents to be part of that process? As a parent, we want to be there at every important moment in our kid's life. Why would we shortchange that for parents? You know, um, we want to invite them into the process. Now, sometimes parents, the parents may not be saved themselves. But here's the cool thing is when you invite them into the process, you're not just sharing the gospel with, with the child. You're sharing the gospel with them. Amen. So, you know, that's what we call the two or three for, you know. <laughs> so it's very important to invite the uh, parent into it, you know. We want parents to be part of that. And we want parents to have, we want parents to win. I mean, that's really a, a big reason why parents feel inadequate uh, to share faith because their kids see everything about them. So naturally, and I'm sure we've all felt this in the room, if you've got kids, there are times where you can stand up, you can teach a school, at, at church, and you can be, you know, and your kids know because they see you at home, they see that, you know, that sometimes you fail. So in your mind, you can go, well, I don't want to say anything because then that's just going to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be a hypocrite. No, it's not it. It's, you know, it's understanding, helping them be able to be a living example of how God works through our broken nature to repair us and to help us. You know, like it's constantly that process of growing in their spiritual journey, but helping parents actually win because they feel that they can't do that uh, because, you know, that they feel ill-equipped. And so I feel part of our job in the church is to equip parents to really win at being the spiritual leaders at home. Um, and then, most importantly, at the end, especially if they, when they make a decision to follow Christ, start the discipleship process. You know, the journey does not end with a prayer. It starts with one. You know, um, that's so important to go over the next steps. Baptism. What is baptism? Uh, explaining it fully, you know. Um, also, biblical practices, biblical, like a great spiritual foundations of reading their Bible, uh, daily spiritual practices of, of praying, the importance of attending church. What is church? Why do we come? Why do, you know, what is, what's so important about all these different things? So, um, starting the discipleship process. Now, so those are a few keys to a kid friendly gospel presentation. Anybody have any questions before I go on? Okay. Because I'm going to do some don'ts. All right? There's just a few don'ts. Don'ts when sharing the gospel to kids. Don't use scare tactics. Okay? Um, I had one gentleman, when I talked about this, that he came up and he's like, well, you know, like, I agreed with everything that you said, but I didn't like the fact that you said not mentioning, like, you know, about hell and talking a lot about hell with kids because they need to know what they're being saved from. With kids, if you start talking about hell and you talk about, you know, you're going for, you know, if you reject God's gift of his son, you're going to die and you're going to live forever in eternal torment. Okay? Growing up, I grew up in an independent Baptist church in in the in the, you know, Appalachian Mountains of Tennessee. Uh, we often that was mentioned to us growing up in, uh, in elementary. So I think I was probably saved probably a little over 200 times growing up, you know, because it was all, it was constantly mentioned. 
And then I was like, well, maybe, you know, I did something wrong this week and maybe that doesn't count. So like, you know, if I really, really, you know, like, and it became more of like, I didn't really understand, but I was scared to death of what would happen, you know? And of course, if you, if you share that with a kid, you know, you, you're shortchanging it to, uh, it, it's not the good news, it's more of a, an avoidance, you know, thing that's just really, it, it changes it, changes it, it from um, the relationship that God wants them to have. So what you, what you want to be able to do is you want to establish it the right way. So don't use scary subjects or scary, scare tactics. Um, number two, don't be gory when talking about the crucifixion. Um, I've had uh, uh, worked with a couple people and I had one mom call me because uh, uh, one of the teachers had shared in the class and this was uh, in second, third grade, so second, third grade Sunday school class. She'd shared about the crucifixion. It was, it was Easter, but she went into great detail. She shared about the cat and nine tails. She shared about brought in big railroad spikes. And uh, the mom had called on Monday and said that her daughter had nightmares, you know, because of the explanation. And, you know, and I went to the teacher and she's like, oh, I just wanted to know like what Jesus went through because he loved them so much. When you start, uh, when you start sharing details like that, it, it creates, everything creates visual images in kids' minds. And it shuts them off from that relationship, and then it really, it, it, it can really kind of scare them. And that's the last thing you want to do, and you don't want to be overly worried when talking about the crucifixion. Because salvation, again, it's not about just what Jesus did on the cross. What gives us salvation is what he did afterwards, the resurrection. Uh, number three, don't rush the process. Don't try to push the kid into like, oh, you know, you need to make this decision right now. Before you walk out of here, you have to make this decision. Again, you want the kid to be able to uh, make the decision on their own. You don't want to push them into it. You want to be able to help them um, understand before they, before they make that commitment. And that's why it's so important doing it a kid-friendly way. Um, and, and number four, easy, don't forget to follow up and pray for the child. Pray for the, um, pray for the kids ahead of time when you're getting ready to present the gospel. Pray for each kid afterwards. Pray for the families. Nothing, nothing substitutes the power of prayer. Nothing at all. So those are a few do's and don'ts, or don'ts when sharing the gospel with kids. Uh, and then of course we did the keys. So. What I'm gonna do for you now is, uh, well, we'll do Q&A at the end, but um, I'm gonna actually share with you how I do our gospel presentation at our church. And everything I'm gonna share with you, um, I'll give you everything that you want. Like I have digital copies of this, you can take it, you can use it for yourself, put your church's logo on it, whatever. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk you through this and so, uh, how we're going to do this, I'm going to do it just like I do it on a Sunday. And we, we actually just did this class this past week, and we call it Kid Faith. Okay, it's when kids are starting to ask questions about salvation, when kids are asking questions about baptism, what it is. And so we do this class, and we invite parents to be part of it. So kids come with their parents. All right? So as parents walk in, and some of you guys are going to be the kind of playing the role of parent and, and child. So uh, when parents walk in, they actually get one of these, so I'm gonna hand these out to you guys. Um, 
So I give them this, and then I also give them one of these cards here. I'm not going to go over exactly how we do this. And the importance of why we do this. So when the parents come in, I give them the, this this uh, handout and uh, say, hey, this is what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, so glad you guys are here. I did thing. And then I uh, go over the, you know, we're going we're to talk a little bit about this and, you know, go into the whole spiel about that. And then I also point out to them that for each of their kids that they have here, if they're asking questions about salvation, we want to make sure that we follow up with you. So that's why we give them the card. So if they have two kids that are here that are you know, asking questions, we give them two cards. Because at the end of the class, we collect these cards and we follow up with them during the week. This way we know who we're following up on. It's just a great way for us to be able to capture more information. you know. And it's a great accountability process for us to make sure that we're praying for those kids during the week, you know, praying for that conversation that's happening. And we, we make sure that we follow up with, with each, of the, each of the families each week. So. All right, so we're just going to start from the beginning. Good morning, everyone. How are you guys today? Good morning. Good morning. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you guys are here. Uh, uh, school has started off, and school is, you know, is everybody excited that school started off, you know? Yeah, usually some of the kids yeah. are like, yes, and some of the kids are like, no. And then I'm like, oh, you know. Well, you know, with school starting, does anybody have a favorite subject? You know, what was your, what was your favorite subject in school? What was your favorite subject? What, what's your favorite? Math, okay. Uh, what was your favorite subject? Um, science. Science. So a lot of kids are like raising their hands. Like, you know, they're like, oh, you know, like, I want, yeah, exa exactly. You know, what about yours? Art. Art. Oh, awesome. What about yours? Recess. Recess. You know, that was my, and it's funny because I, I usually come to that one and I'll be like, oh, I love recess because recess I always tried to be the first person in line at recess. Like I would knew it was coming and, and I would make sure, especially if I was the first person in line at the door, I would be in my fast pose, you know, like, you know, I want to get out to the playground. And you say that because kids can relate. Again, this is where you get on the level. Kids can relate. Uh, you're asking them, uh, uh, you know, things that they like about school. Okay. So you see, we're using one of those, one of those keys. Oh, that's absolutely awesome. Now you said science. You know, I love science. Now actually, we're going to do a science experiment today. You know, and it's like, oh. And I'm gonna use a couple of you guys to help me. Are you guys okay with that? Awesome, okay, cool. Now, with school, one of the things that you get inevitably every year is homework. And usually the kids will be like, yeah, you know. like, But today, you don't get homework your parents get homework, and then they usually choose. <laughs> so your parents are actually gonna get homework. Now parents, what your homework is gonna be is we're gonna, as we go through this pamphlet today, you're gonna see that we've got four fill in the blanks that we're gonna fill in, and then underneath each of these blanks is questions. These questions are questions that you're gonna go over with your child this week, and you're gonna talk to them about what we're talking about today. 
And at the end of the week, probably around Wednesday or Thursday, we're gonna give you a call and we're gonna see how that conversation went. But your homework is to spend time with your child one-on-one -on -one going over these questions underneath each of these points. So the kids are like, oh yeah, you know, they love that. Great. Well, today I've got some great news that I wanna share with you and it actually comes from my, from my favorite book in the whole world and that's the Bible. And there's this amazing verse in the Bible and I'll have my Bible with me. And, the, uh, and if you notice, I put it right up on here. It's on the front of, it's on the front of the handout. And I'll, I would have it on the screen as well. And it's John three sixteen. Does anybody know John three sixteen? Sometimes we have kids that know it. And I'll say, oh, you know it, and they'll I'll point them out and they'll say it. And then if, if nobody raises their hand, they'll be like, it says, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. This is such an amazing verse. Now. My whole gospel presentation just wraps up in one verse. Instead of me going to multiple, multiple verses, I can center everything and present everything about the gospel in one verse, which is great because it allows me to repeat the same verse over and over again in the, in, in the whole presentation. Well, one of the things that really stands out to me when you read this verse that's so cool is it says, For God so loved the world. You know, that's actually the first thing that I put in here as the blank. It says, God loves us. So that's what you would write in that blank. God loves us. Do you know why he loves us? Because he created us. Yeah, that's right. Way back in the very, very beginning, God created the heavens and earth. It says so right in the beginning of the Bible. And when he created the heavens and the earth, he created it to be absolutely perfect. And it was so perfect. And then he put two people on the earth. Does anybody know who they were? You know, again, asking them questions to get them to participate. Usually one kid will be like, okay, Adam and Eve. Yeah, okay, that's right, Adam and Eve. Well, well, God placed them on the earth, and, he, and the earth that he created was perfect. Kind of like this water. So I'm going to put this water in here, and it's made to be completely pure and perfect. Everybody, you know, when, when you get hot outside, and you come inside, you like to have a nice, clean glass of water, right? It's like, yes, you know. You wouldn't drink dirty water, would you? No, no, no. You wouldn't go outside to a parking lot and drink water from a puddle, and then Ew. usually get kids say, ew, gross, disgusting. Well, you see, God had put Adam and Eve in this beautiful garden, and he created the earth to be completely perfect. And it was really great because God got to spend time with Adam and Eve every day, and they got to talk and have conversation. And when, when he put him in the garden, he was like, hey, listen, you see all this? This is all for you. Everything here is for you. I just have one rule, okay? You see this one tree right here, okay? You can't eat the fruit from this tree, okay? You can't even touch it because if you touch it, you will surely die. You're going to die if you touch it. Oh, you know? Now... Do you think Adam and Eve listened? Kids are like, no. That's right, because you know what? They were kind of looking at it, and they got tempted. And Eve, she, she took a bite of the fruit, and then she also gave it to Adam, and Adam took a bite. And, and it realized, they realized what they did was wrong. Now, how many of you guys have ever had your mom and dad tell you to eat your fruits and vegetables, right? Kids were now, eating fruit, you wouldn't think that's a big deal. So, like, if I just, you know, if I put this clear liquid into this water. I mean, like, it's really not like a big deal. What's, what's the big deal of eating some fruit? But you see, they took like a couple bites and, you know, 
Oh, and then, and then Adam, he took a couple bites. Well, what happened was it had changed it. Now it's all dirty. As Woody would say, somebody poisoned the water hole. You know, again, a reference that they can understand from Toy Story. So, well, well, now, how do we get this out of there? Was, you know, we can't stick our hands in and kind of get all that stuff out. It's, it's all lucky. Now, Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God. It wasn't the fact that they ate the fruit. It's the fact that they disobeyed what God said, you know? Because uh, fruit itself is good. You know, I love fruit, you know? I love it when it's, when it's dipped in chocolate and rolled in peanuts. It's really, really good. <laughs> That's usually for the adults. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. and because again, you want to make sure that everything you do kind of connects and goes goes along with that, those lines. That's good. And uh, you know, but it was disobeying. How many of you guys have ever been told by your mom and dad not to do something, but you did it anyway? That's what I told you. Yes, <laughs> but but here's the thing: it's like when you're doing that, you already know the answer. But by me asking that question to the kids, it's creating times in their mind where they disobey. Usually that morning. Usually they've only got to go back to that morning to find a time where they disobey. Well, you know, here's the thing is, God knew there was, there was no way that we could kind of get this out. But when you think about it, remember what God said, for God so loved the world. He loved us and he knew there was no way that we could make this right. So he had to come up with a way to make it right. And that's when it gets really, really cool. So if you look into this, on the next part of this verse, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. That he gave his one and only Son. That's right. God gave us a hero. God gave us a hero. Now, we all love superheroes. Does anybody in here have a favorite superhero? You know, it's because you raise your hand. Uh, what, what's your favorite superhero? Uh, Superman. Superman. What's your favorite superhero? Wonder Woman. Awesome. Like, you can go around... You know, like, what's your favorite? You know what? Growing up, my favorite superhero was a mouse. And it was really cool is because when when danger happened, he would literally pop out and he would go, here I come to save the day. And that's usually when the parents go, Mighty Mouse. Yes, kids have no idea who Mighty Mouse is, but all the parents do. Again, that's for the parents, not for the kids. So, but it was really cool because he came and, and he was there to save the day, right? And what's really cool is, when you talk about this, is God gave us a hero. Now, when he gave us a hero, he actually gave us two things. He gave us something called grace and something called mercy. So he gave us grace, mercy. Grace, grace mercy. See, again, uh, ways to just kind of get them. Now, let's talk about the difference. Now, grace is when you get something that you don't deserve. Kind of like Christmas presents or, or birthday presents. It'd be kind of weird if you went downstairs on Christmas morning and you opened up all your presents and your parents asked you, hey, did you really enjoy Christmas this year? Yes, I, I loved it. Well, that's fantastic because you owe us $217. <laughs> you know, grace is when you get something that you don't deserve. So again, you're creating that image for the kids. Now, mercy, on the other hand, that's something that, you know, as, as, as kids and adults, we really need a lot. That's when you don't get something you do deserve, like a punishment. How many of you in here have ever done something where you thought for sure your parents were going to kill you? And all the kids are like, oh yeah, you know, usually like that. 
And I use this again when I talk about mercy. That's the opportunity that I use to share a story, a relatable story for them to understand, again, the concept of mercy, but I'm going to tie the gospel back to it. So you know what? You know, and mercy is really important. I remember one time I thought my, my parents were really, I thought it was all over for me. We were, we were in Myrtle Beach, and I was in third grade, and we were getting ready to walk into one of those stores. You know the stores that sell all the souvenirs and everything? And, um, and, and my parents, they turned around, or my dad turned around, and he said to me, the one thing that every parent says to a child before you walk into a store, which is? Don't touch anything. And you know what? I did really, really good for about a minute and a half. Okay? And I was walking through the store, and I just, you know, uh, I was staying close to my, my dad and my mom. Uh, my mom went off to go look at something, and I was walking right behind my dad. And then I noticed something on the shelf as I was walking by, and it caught my eye. And I, I went over and I, I grabbed it, and it was, it was this ship inside of a bottle. And I was like, how did they do that? How did they fit that ship inside the bottle? Is there some little thing that goes in and kind of makes it? And I was kind of staring at it, looking at all the details. And do you know how sometimes you could be looking at something and lose track of time? And the kids are always like, yeah. Well, I looked up and I, and I didn't see my dad. And I got nervous and I got panicked and I thought I was lost. Anybody ever had that feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I did is I quickly went to go put it back on the counter and go run and find my dad, but I didn't make it quite on the shelf and it fell, but it didn't bounce. And you kind of had that moment where it was like, oh, no. <laughs> and the kids are, of course, they're all like, yeah. Uh, and, he's, and it shattered. And it broke. And it went, glass went everywhere. And I also think that it was kind of magical because as soon as it hit the ground, my dad appeared at the end of the hall, <laughs> at the end of the aisle. You know? And I did the only thing a mature third grade boy could do at that moment. I cried, <laughs> and not just little tears. I mean, the, the one where snot's coming down your nose, <laughs> you know. And my dad knew that I was really, really upset, and he could have chose that moment really to lay into me, but he didn't. He showed me mercy. Now, just like the grace and mercy that we get, now, I'm going to ask for two volunteers, so uh, you're going to be a volunteer, and... I'm gonna have you be a volunteer, okay? So here, I'm gonna give you grace and I'm gonna give you mercy. And what I want you guys to do at the same time, I want you to come in, I want you to pour it right into here, all right? At the same time, you're gonna pour it right into this, all right? Just hope it doesn't blow up. Perfect, awesome. So then it creates the red. There oh, we go. And what do you think this red represents? Exactly. So we talk about this, you know, this represents what Jesus did for us. What was the penalty for sin? The penalty for sin was death. You know, and somebody had to pay that price. Death had, you know, that penalty had to be paid. Just like when I, when I broke this, when I broke that, that bottle that had the ship in it, well, you know what, that cost money. Somebody had to pay for that. I didn't have any money. Do you know who paid for that? My dad paid for that. My dad paid for that because he loves me, you know? 
And, and you know, he realized that I had made a mistake. So you see, when God gave us a hero, he did that, and, and he gave us his son Jesus. And his son Jesus was the one that paid the penalty for our sin, which was death. Again, you see I pulled the back full circle, going from the garden, penalty of sin, penalty has to be paid, okay? Well, the cool thing is, is when you read the next part of the verse, it says that whoever believes in him, that's right, whoever believes in him, it says, we know that Jesus made a way for us. We know that Jesus made a way for us. <coughs> yeah, that's right. He made a way for us because he was the one that paid the penalty for our sin. And by doing that, he, not only, was, not only did he die, but when he went and he was buried in the tomb, three days later, you know what happened? And some kids will, be, some kids will answer that. And yeah, that's right. He rose from the dead. Now, when he rose from the dead, and I always include this, you know, just so they can get the, the understanding, because in kids' minds, especially with what they're exposed to now, he didn't come back like, you know, a zombie, you know. He came back just like he was before, except for he also had the marks of, like, you know, what he had done, you know, to show what, what, how much he loved us and cared for us, what he was willing to go through. Now, the awesome part about that is he showed that he had power over death. He had power over death. Now, what color do you get when you mix red and like black? And the kids would be like purple, you know, the different colors. Well, let's see what happens. So we pour the red into the black and let's just, and the kids are like, oh, you know, like, yeah, he, what he did made it completely clear. So kids usually can't wrap their mind like, oh, how did that happen, you know? Well, because of what God did for us, because of what Jesus did for us, he made us back to right with God. Now, the key verse in there, the key sentence in there, that whoever believes in him will not perish. Believing in him. In other words, that's a gift that you have to accept. And, and when we do that, we can live forever with God. We can live forever with God. All right? Um, because again, the verse goes back for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish. Perish meaning, you know, having, having the penalty of death, you know, but will live forever with God in heaven. In the place that where, because remember, God created us. He loves us. He wants us to be with him forever. And it's a choice that you, only you, can make. And this is when I really dig into the kids and I start talking to them. They, they, you know, it's a choice that you have to make for yourself. You can't make it for your mom and dad so they'll be happy. So your mom and dad will be happy. You can't make it for somebody else because you want them to like you. You need to make it for yourself. This is a decision that only you can make. And so I, I express that. Uh, and that they like that because that also gives them that ownership part. Be like, okay, like, yeah, okay, this is something that I'm either going to do or I'm not going to do. And, and I always assure them, it's okay if you're not ready to do this right now, but you know, but you know, I want you to understand that, that God loves you and that he wants to have this. And if you're ready to do that, one of the ways is expressing how you believe is through a prayer. And then I go over the prayer that's on the back, you know, about what it means to accept Christ, you know, that I realize that I'm a sinner, you know, um, that how my sin would separate me from you forever. Because prayer, again, is our way of communicating with God. 
It's a way for us to express ourselves to God. And uh, I believe your son Jesus died for my sin. I accept his death as payment for my sin. Thank you for loving me and giving me the gift of Jesus so I could live with you forever and have him come into my life and to be my savior and my friend. And you know, the cool thing is God wants you to, to, to live for him and he's got great things in store for you. So like, you know, I kind of talk about that. And then um, when I, I, I also reiterate to kids, the, there's a couple of little bottom stars down here. It's not just by saying the prayer, the words of the prayer, it's meaning it in your heart. So you have to really mean it. It can't just be the words. You can't just say words. It has to be, you have to really mean those words in your heart. Okay? And uh, we are saved by putting our faith in Jesus Christ our Savior. Prayer is just a simple expression. Okay? So I put those things in there. And I also then I go, you know, and, and then after you accept Jesus, you know, and after you've read that, you know, one of the things that, that the Bible tells us to do is that we're to be baptized. Anybody ever seen anybody get baptized? And so we'll talk a little bit about baptism. What is baptism? Talk about how it's an outward, outward expression that we're letting everybody know of the decision that we've made in our lives. Um, and I go, and I usually, and I always use my wedding ring as an analogy. And I say, like, if I were to, my, my baptism is like a wedding ring. Now, if I took my wedding ring off, am I still married? And the kids are like, yes. Uh, the wedding ring just lets everybody know that I'm married. That this good-looking guy is off the market, you know. Again, throw that in for the adults. Um, but what made me married was the vows, the promise that I made to my wife. See, the promise that you make to God is what makes you what makes you say that what makes you you know part of the the, the family of God. And uh, and then I kind of go into the importance of you know reading the Bible praying, you know, all these different things. And then I, what I do is I'll talk to the parents. Now, this is awesome. This is so great. I'm so glad you're here. So what we're going to do is I want you parents to take time to talk to your kids about what we discussed today. I want you to ask them these questions, you know. Sometimes I'll either give them time inside the classroom. Usually we'll, we'll let them go and we'll, they'll set up a time during the week where they can have the conversation. They can continue the conversation and we follow up with them. Um, but again, that's, that's how we present the gospel in a very clear way. Now, sometimes when it's just the kids and they're expressing those in, that interest in praying that prayer, like this is absolutely fantastic. We always try to bring the parent in on that. And if we can't, you know, if they're like, okay, well, you know, uh, we will still walk them through the prayer and everything. But uh, if the parent isn't, you know, going to church or anything like that, we, again, use that as a, an open opportunity to share the gospel with them, you know, because it's really, really, I think it's, it's, it's a great way to come to a parent and be like, hey, you know what, today, you know, Susan was in class and she was expressing interest in what, it, you know, in being baptized, and I took her what it meant to be baptized, and the importance of the church sharing the gospel, and the, you know, but I know as your, as her mom, that, you know, that you'd want to be part of this, and like, you know, again, trying to um, connect with her on a, on, a, on a parental level and also inviting her to be part of the win in that, you know? So that's that's huge, just that's doing good. those few things. Yes. So, and then I'll wrap up and I'll pray for everybody and then, of course, we collect the cards and we follow up. Any questions on this? Does that make sense? Did you see how I kind of used everything, kind of kept everything in simple terms? Disobedience, sin, you know, kind of followed everything. And then the illustrations that I used were very kid-friendly and engaged, but it was also done in a way that modeled it for the parents. 
so that they could use the same verbiage. Everything that we could also, when we gave them the resources, it helps set them up for the win so that they have questions that they can ask to deepen the conversation, okay? <coughs> the certain things that I asked in the room were more quick responses. These are open-ended. This helps parents really gauge what their kids comprehend and know about salvation. Does that make sense? Any questions? I do have one. Fire away. I really appreciate that. Oh, my pleasure. Um, in your prayer, when you say live with you in heaven, huh? do you think that's abstract? The child might no, because when we talk right in and think they're facing the Which right, because the other thing I talk about when God created the God created the heavens and the earth, which is the part that I kind of breeze past. I talk about where heaven is where God lives. You know, He created earth for us. You know, but eventually He knew that we wanted He wanted us to live forever in heaven with Him. So again, what separated us from Him was was sin. So I kind of go over that, you know, at the beginning of the story. So I do talk I do talk about heaven like two or three times uh, during the during the actual during um, the actual scripture, yeah. So because as a, you know, it's, you know, so they're forever in eternity, you know. Because you'll get different questions from different kids and stuff. Uh, because kids have all different kinds of questions, especially depending on what they're exposed to. So when, especially when we talked about the resurrection, a lot of kids, you know, nowadays, and usually it happens probably once every three times that they, they literally picture like a zombie coming back out. Because in culture, that's everywhere. So, but that's an image that's in their mind, so that's what they're thinking. If somebody comes back from the dead, that's what they are. So that's why I have to clear that up. So, because they're exposed to a lot of different things. But heaven, because usually by that age, uh, heaven's kind of also been talked about in the household in some way or, you know, another, you know, goldfish passes away, you know, or dog, grandmother, you know, those kind of things. But we expound on what it is biblically being true. You know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So, any other questions? What was in the Bible? I have no idea, but I'll tell you exactly <laughs> where I got it from. So... And, and, and normally all the liquids are clear, but I made them, uh, so I ordered a whole new kit. Um, because I stored this in my car, and it says, uh, store in a cool, dry place. <laughs> so all the liquids were clear, and then this one had turned this color when I pulled it out of the car and it was warm. I was like, oh, that's probably why they tell you not to do that. Um, so it's actually from a place called Berg's, B-E-R-G. Christian Enterprise, Berg Christian Enterprise. Um, it's in Portland, Oregon. Um, it's called Servants in Chemistry. It's really, really cool. It's really uh, a great way to, to illustrate the gospel. We do this multiple times. You know, we'll do it Wednesday nights. You do it in the Good News Club that we do um, at, a, at a school. You know, uh, but yeah, we, we do this quite often. This the science experiment. There's a couple other other things that we do, but. This is my this is by far my favorite. So does it come with all of the equipment? Well, it comes with it comes with these little vials, but I just upgraded and got like one of the little little types like yeah. toddler chemistry sets for like eight bucks. Of, you know, That's a good idea. 
Target. Or no, everybody get from Marshalls. I got like the all three of these were in some kit at Marshalls. But you can you can get them online. They're really inexpensive. I do um, children's charge at our church. Yeah. And I go online and it's through Lifeway. Yeah. And it's got children's church uh -huh. messages. And so I come on uh, from one that's about um, how to teach them how to pray. Yeah. But you, you, the illustration you used was to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Uh-huh. That's great. That's really great. You know, I mean, because uh, there's so many different ways that you can explain it. Um, like explain the Trinity to, to kids. So there's a lot of different ways you can explain it. Uh, lady that we had, uh, her way of explaining was great. She used a hard-boiled egg. Mm -hmm. And she she talked about like, you know, okay, you know, you, an egg, it's, it's one egg, but it has three parts. It has a shell, it has a yolk, and it has a white, you know, like, and it was really, really cool, but it's all one egg, you know? So it was a, it was a really good way of kind of explaining it to kids. Um, I borrowed one of the deacons one Sunday morning and we went fishing for men. Uh -huh. We had hey, real fish yeah. poles and we had, you know, bait. One of the kids probably thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Now, the cool thing about this is um, when you're doing it, you're, you're helping create that image in the kid's mind. And that's why the story, like, so that if you're going to share a story with a child using the prop and the visual aid, because by me having the, the ship in the bottle, I was able to take kids on that journey when I'm explaining, okay, like, you know what, I broke that. Nothing could, could fix that. It was broken. My dad had to pay for what I broke. Again, points back to the gospel. You see what I'm saying? How Jesus paid our way. So, because then you got this, and it's, it's actually, they can actually put themselves, the idea is for them to put themselves on the other side, you know, them holding the, the, the uh, glass bottle with the ship in it because they're creating that picture in their mind. Oh yeah, I've been there. I've seen my parents. I've seen that look where I'm like, oh no, what am I gonna do? You know, um, drawing them into the story because that's so important. Because you, you, yeah, and you definitely don't want to over over explain it. So the idea you can you can go into so many details on the on the gospel story that it would become a little bit more complicated. It would almost be like trying to give them some uh, uh, instructions on how to put furniture together from IKEA, you know, <laughs> which will test anybody's faith, you know. So yeah, and then again, making that that connection back with the parents. We actually do Kid Faith probably every six to eight weeks uh, at our church, and we do it after the Sunday service, and I usually get pizza and water bottles because it's really inexpensive, so you know, it costs maybe like $20, $25 altogether. And we'll just bring in the parents and the kids, and, and we'll do a, a thing, and I, again, like I do a lot of things where I interact with, with, with the kids because that's important. Yeah. It's important to model that for mom and dad, too. When do you do it on Wednesday night? Oh, I, I, I usually do it on a Sunday afternoon, but we get, we've also done it on Wednesdays. Yeah. I just found that doing it Sunday after church, like right after church, and giving them pizza and water bottles, I've had better turnout and attendance. You know? And they don't have to do lunch afterwards. Yeah. And they come, yeah, yeah. You mentioned like, hey, we're going to have a we're gonna provide lunch, and they, we have RSVP before, beforehand, you know, because it's, it's, it's really, it's a great way to connect and, um, it also brings parents into your environments, and, you know. 
How far out do you advertise? Or like the class it's happening? Like three weeks, but like you, um, like when we really start putting it in, either the bulletin or whatever. But like, uh, but we always have the dates up. Okay. So like, there's always two dates ahead, so like they know that if they can't make the one, they could make another one. Or if we have a baptism coming up, I'll be like, well, I'll meet with you one on one with your child and your and, and and you. So like, I always have a parent with me. Um. Just because in today's day and age, it's never good to meet with a child alone. Like, you get them off, you know. So you just, you know, it's always better to do it in a group. Um, and then I do the exact same thing, except for instead of using just these chemicals, I'll use the smaller vials. But I'll have them actually do everything, and you know, they love that. So. My dad's a pastor. He does the same thing yeah. too. He always meets with the child and parent. Yeah along because you know you don't know sometimes yeah. he's had kids that get saved or VBS mm-hmm. or they thought they were saved but they came forward because yeah uh, Sally came forward yeah and that's why it's important to have these conversations and talk you know because you don't want one person getting baptized because uh, their friends getting baptized because what you're going to do is you're going to cause a lot, lot some issues down the road too you know, when we get to high school and you know we have some there's a lot of students that be like you know like oh, yeah I, i'm getting baptized again because i really didn't understand what i did when i was a kid you know i want to kind of avoid those kind of things so again helping them understand and helping parents walk through that you know my pastor one time told us that and it was a really good way to look at it that you know we don't know if the kid, that's between them mm-hmm. and God, if they really asked, come into their heart and did, but they know it. Mm-hmm. And if they did it and it's however many years later when they get, because yeah. some kids are not comfortable with the baptism or the war, you know, or being in front of the yeah. crowd or whatever. But they said, usually you wait until the Holy Spirit gets a hold of them yes. and they will eventually make that step out on their mm-hmm. own. And that's what, you know, we sat there and watched it happen. You know, they were mm-hmm. like, yeah, I did, I did, you know, but they yeah. were not, and then it was just like one Sunday, it was just, and the kid just took off, and you know, they said, you know, your parents will follow, you yeah. have to, that's, your parents can't make that step forward, yes. you've got you to got do, to do it. it yourself. And so then when they did, you know, everybody went behind them, but they were, you know, we just waited till they were ready. No, that's awesome. You know, and the other thing, and I, I didn't do it, because again, I shortened the, the presentation that we normally do, but like also at the end, I do this to remind kids. I'd be like, you know, now I remember when I put this in the water earlier, it turned it black, okay? Um, and, and it was like the times that we don't, remember it was Adam and Eve, they, they didn't do what God asked them to do, they had sinned. Well, you know what, you're gonna make mistakes too, and you're gonna sin, but here's the cool thing is when you do, and then I drop it in, and it's like, you, you notice, does it do anything now? No, it's, you know, what, what Jesus did for you, Stays. You can never do anything that will take away what Jesus did for you when you accept it. So, like, it's always important be- that I go over that because, you know, like, hey, you're going to mess up, you're going to mis- make a mistake, you know? How long does that class usually end up last? About 35, 40 minutes um, tops, you know? But again, I mean, that's from, that's from starting to finish. So, all together, you know, once they get there and they have their pizza, and so it's just, just under an hour. You know, but like the actual presentation part, you know. And this helps kids be engaged the entire time, which is great. Yes? How long does a set that you get last you? Like, how many times of uh, presentation? I've had this set for 
probably three years now. Yes. And I just got a new set because I left it in the car and turned this, which was was clear, you know. Are there any other chemistry sets on their site? Yeah, they actually have a, they actually have one that has a whole bunch of different stuff because there's like one that uh, about pilot washing his hands, and then there's ones about pride where it inflates a green balloon, and yeah, it's some pretty neat stuff that they've got there. Um, you'll notice it's. It's, it's got some, some older school stuff, you know, uh, but uh, I just always liked the, the way they did their chemistry stuff. Now there's one where you could do bleach and iodine, and so I just, I just found that it, uh, this one works a lot better because it's like clear, pure, I'm talking about like, you know, how God made everything without blemish, and sometimes when you put bleach, it's like all white yeah. and kind of like that I saw, milky I've looking. seen that, the um, bleach one, and it is um, a little milky, and yeah, yeah it's kind of different, so like. It's hard to explain that. I've the whole idea is that you want to get it to back to clear, man, back to clear, where it's like you know, and the kids will always be like, yes, you know, and I, I usually always have the kids come up and pour each thing. So like, even though I poured the red into there, I usually have a kid come up and do it, and they're always like, wow, you got red and black, and now it's clear, it's crazy, you know. So yeah, but it's a great way to capture their imagination. Great way to capture their imagination. There's a lot of great things that are out there. Um, that you can find all over the internet. So, any other questions? Now, I have digital copies of this, so um, that's my that's my email address. If you want, I can send you this. Okay, this is actually through Rethink. Uh, they've actually changed it up the way they kind of do it. They now call it Starting Point, so it's a little bit different. Um, but it's the one resource that they give away for free. So, yeah. So, like, I have no problem. Uh, Given this to you where you can actually take this part off, you can take the, you can put whatever, whatever tile you want on there, and then on the bottom, we just always had this little thing right here where, you know, our ministry team is here to help you, and I had my own but like that, everything can be edited on this. What do they call it now? We call it Kid Faith. No, what, uh, oh, they call it uh, Starting Point. And it's got a couple scripts in there, even for preschoolers, like as far as just to introduce the topic. You know, it doesn't go through the full plan of salvation with preschoolers. It goes through just kind of like, you know, start helping parents start that conversation. Awesome. I mean, we moved right along. I mean, we got done 10 minutes early. I know you guys are great. So no other questions? Awesome. You guys get to go to lunch Yeah, feel free to, to, to take this. I just, for notes, I just kind of make it a little bit more interesting, you know, just try to, yeah. Let me pray for us. Dearly Father, Lord, again, I just thank you so much for everybody in this room. I thank you for uh, just the opportunity that we're all going to get tomorrow just to be able to be lights for you. Lord, I pray you be with us uh, as we travel home for wherever we're going. Uh, be with us for the rest of uh, the conference today. Again, we just thank you and give you all the honor, glory, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. <laughs>